Hi there, and a very good evening to all of you. This is Calvary Baptist Church Half Hour Broadcast. I am Pastor Joseph J. Mensah. It's a pleasure to be with you this evening and to share God's word with you. Tonight, I'm sharing on prayer. Prayer, and I want you to take your Bible and open with me to Matthew chapter 6. I'm reading from verse 5 to 13. Jesus teaches about prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. When your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't bubble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. Pray like this when you pray. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Amen. That is the word of the Lord for you. Now, I'm speaking about prayer tonight. So just when you, we say that we are seeking God's guidance through prayer in any particular thing in our lives, what is the one thing that we Christians share with each other and on how we can get guidance from God? When you say, I'm, I am seeking the face and guidance of the Lord, what do we say that we are doing? We tell each other that we, we will pray about it. I truly and wholeheartedly believe that prayer is how we can know what God desires for our lives. But just what is prayer? Can you describe prayer to a non-believer as a Christian? To say that prayer is simply communicating with God is a huge understatement. And it, it oversimplifies the action. Prayer is so much more than merely talking to God. Prayer is the deepest desires of our very soul being laid bare. To the creator who made us. Prayer is our way of coming into an intimate relationship with our creator, God of the universe. Prayer is more than just communicating with God. Prayer is just opening our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit before our creator and really imbibing his presence into our lives. The God of the universe. Prayer creates within the believer or the Christian an astute awareness of just how close God is and just how easy it is for his children to get to the very throne of God. 
we have access to God 24-7. So prayer is that we have an astute awareness that we are close with God and just it's easy for us to go to our Heavenly Father and talk to Him, cry in His presence, rejoice in His presence, praise Him in His presence. Prayer is not just communicating with God. Prayer is more than that. Prayer is that we go to God and we have in our deepest desire, we go to Him, we pray, and we enjoy His presence. He enjoy. I said that our prayers like a fragrance before Him. When we pray, our Heavenly Father enjoys us as His children, talking to Him and praying and seeking His presence and seeking His guidance and direction and wisdom. When we go before Him, He just enjoys us as we pray. Prayer is the only way for an unbeliever to recognize and ask for forgiveness of the sins, of his or her sins. Because if you are an unbeliever, the only way you can talk to the Father and see forgiveness is through prayer. Prayer is the only way for we believers to confess sins, our sins to God, and accept the salvation that God has offered to the world through his son Jesus Christ. So we pray to confess our sins. We pray to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Prayer is how we believers bring the anxieties of our heart to the feet of our Lord. Any problems, any issues, any burdens, any challenges, any hard things that we are dealing with in life, through prayer we can bring all that to the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer is the ultimate way that a believer can show a believer can show his or her thanks to God what God has done and continues to do in his or her life. So we can go before God in prayer and we can adore him and thank him and, and, and appreciate him and show our gratitude for what the Lord has done, what he's doing and what he's going to do in our life, what he will continue to do in our life. So we can find a prayer described, explained and illustrated all throughout the Bible. We can see people going to God in prayer. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself was a very prayerful person, always praying, seeking the faith of his Heavenly Father so that he can accomplish the mission that God brought him here to accomplish. I believe the most prolific demonstration of prayer in the Word of God is the life of Jesus. Jesus himself, very prayerful, prayed about everything. At the early hours of the day, he would go and hide somewhere and pray. He is a good example for us as believers, to learn how to pray. We can see many examples and records of when and how Jesus prayed to God. When he prayed with the disciples, the disciples fell asleep. When he prayed till his sweat became like blood, Jesus Christ was a prayer warrior. and He enjoyed talking to his Heavenly Father and seeking his face about the things and the reason why the Lord Jesus Christ, his Lord, Father in heaven brought him here. In the New Testament, we find the disciples coming to Jesus, as we just read in our passage this evening, asking him, Lord, show us how to pray. They were really unsure, as it seemed that Jesus prayed in a way they had never seen before. So they came to him and said, Lord, show us, teach us how to pray. We can see in this passage that Jesus gave his disciples some great guidelines as to how he prayed and instruction on how they should be praying. 
What we do not see here in the passage that we just read is anything spoken by Jesus that makes the words of this prayer special. For it is not the words, but the attitude of the heart that matters to God. As you appear before your Heavenly Father, it's your attitude that matters to Him. He wants to listen to you and hear you pray through and listen and, and, and enjoy He enjoy you praying to Him. His attitude is not the long words. It is not the bubbling. It is not anything. It is the posture, a hard condition that we go before God that matters. Tonight I want us to look at and consider some general circumstances that we must adhere to for our prayers to be effective. I also want to look at some requirements of personal nature that will lead to an effective prayer life. We need to look at this tonight. So finally tonight I, I want us to look at the very parts of a prayer. Or in other words, now we can break, how we can break our prayer into sessions and never ever leave anything out. First, we can look at, let us look at some of the general requirements for prayer in the Christian life. In verse 14 of the passage that we just write, we read tonight, we can see who Jesus believed that um, the first requirement is that we have a heart that is forgiving. In other words, we must have a forgiving spirit if our prayer will be effective. We must forgive sins and not go before the Lord with unforgiving heart and bitterness and pain in our heart. Now, why is forgiveness so hard for us? It is because our nature thrives on retaliation or getting even. We, we often find ourselves seeking vengeance rather than doing what God is leading us to do. When somebody hates us, we want to seek vengeance. We want to pay the person in his or her own coin. And therefore, Jesus is teaching us that for our prayer to be effective, we need to have a forgiving spirit. We need not to go before the Lord with bitterness, unforgiveness in our heart and seeking vengeance, rather than doing what the Lord is leading us to do. For us to truly forgive someone means that we have to be able to let go of things that hold us in bondage. We have to be willing to forgive. Unwillingness to forgive can and will eventually overwhelm us and that creates a barrier between us and God. If you really look at it, our forgiveness of other people is really an outpouring of God's forgiveness in our own life. Because God first forgave us and therefore we must also forgive others who hate us or offend us. Beloved, if you have an unforgiving spirit, it will hinder your prayer. Your prayer will not go before your Heavenly Father because His teaching is that we should forgive others just as our Heavenly Father has also forgiven us. So for an effective prayer life, not only do believers need a forgiving spirit, but I can also see that they need simplicity in their prayer. When you are praying to your Heavenly Father, you don't go before your Heavenly Father to impress Him. He knows your needs. He knows your heart. He knows your motive. It is not the babbling and the long words and the carefully crafted words before Him that matters. God wants you to come and in simplicity. Come as a child. Jesus said that children are, are like those who inherit the kingdom are like children. A childlike faith that you go before your Heavenly Father 
you know, just pour your heart before him and talk to him as a father, as a child talking to your father. Talk to your father and tell him what is up, what is worrying you, what is bothering you, and your heavenly father will come through for you and bless you. When we look at the passage that we read, verse 5 to 6, we see Jesus speaking about the Pharisees and how their prayer was a kind of performance to impress those around them. This is not to say that one person cannot lead in prayer as others follow along in silent prayer. Entering the closet, in other sense, can also be interpreted as uh, suggesting that closing out of what the world is trying to put into your lives, it suggests shutting out any pettiness, jealousy, anxieties that you may have in your heart. Yes, you can literally go into your closet and close the door and talk to your Heavenly Father. But we can also extend it by saying that shut everything. Shut your anxiety, your worry. People that offended you, let it go. Any pettiness, let it go. And you shut everything out and face your Heavenly Father alone. We shut things out and we can then focus and concentrate on our communication with God on a one-on-one basis. So really this prayer can be prayed anywhere, even in a crowded marketplace. When you speak, can discipline your mind and cut out everything and focus on your Heavenly Father. Both the Pharisees and um, the tax collectors wanted to impress people. You know, they wanted to impress people in the marketplace. But simplicity and a forgiving spirit are the first general requirements of effective prayer. But we can also see in Luke 18, 10 to 14 that for our prayer to be effective, we must be humble and repentant at heart. Come before your heavenly father with a repentant heart. Both the Pharisees and the tax collectors came trying to impress. In this parable, in the parable that we just read, can represent a lost person. The task collector prayed the only prayer that God will hear from a sinner, and that is admission and confession of sin in his or her life, a cry for repentance and the yearning heart crying out for salvation. The prayer of the Pharisee in this passage in Luke describes a person who considers what he does and how he lives to be good enough to earn God's respect and salvation. There is no humility on the part of the Pharisee, and there is, there is certainly no repentant attitude in the heart of the Pharisee. The Pharisee believes that it will be his good works that gets him into heaven. For prayer to be effective, another general requirement from the one praying is the unity of believers. Prayer to God for a specific request is not a bad thing, but it is when we begin to pray for our will to be done and not the will of God that makes this decision so vital. We need to go to him that God's will be done, not our will. We must be unified as believers that God is going to meet our needs and that our focus cannot be on the prayer need but on God's direction and focus for us as we go before him and pray. Another general comment that I can share with you is that of intensity. The intensity of the believer must be directed toward his or her focus on God and serving God in their fullest ability. Go to God and serve him and pour all your heart 
before him. And then the Lord will come through for you. Put a focus, intensify prayer, not shouting or screaming, but believing that God is with you and is going to do more than expected. The exercise of faith is also important to the Christian. As you pray, believe. As faith is a wonder, carries you to the presence of God. It appears to us to hear the message of God and what he desires for us to hear. Faith allows us to face life in seeking God's desires and not our own. Whatever happens, whatever you are going through, you seek the face of your Heavenly Father through faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you are required to have faith as you go before God, even in prayer. I can see the general requirements realm that for effective prayer, we must pray without ceasing, as Paul indicates in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. We must keep the lines of communication with God open and free of all obstacles. You see, you cease prayer when sin blockades the relationship between you and your Heavenly Father. You cease to pray when you are full of guilt. You cease to pray when your, your heart is bitter and you are full of unforgiveness. So the Bible says, Apostle Paul encourages us that we should pray without ceasing. Nothing should block the communication lines between you and your Heavenly Father. Expression of prayer to God, the unceasing communication with, the, with your Heavenly Father will foster a beautiful and cherished natural bond with God in your prayer life. We have looked at the six general principles that apply to all people everywhere. Tonight, we must also look at very personal requirements for the believer so they can have what is called effective prayer. The very first personal requirement that we can see in this passage is that we have to have a purity of heart in our prayer. We look at Psalm 24, 3 to 5, you can read it, and Psalm 66, verse 18 to 19, we can see that God, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, reveal sin when it exists in the lives of his people. If we as believers then choose not to deal with that sin, God will abort our prayer. When we approach the throne of God, we must approach it with a pure heart and pure motives. Clean hands here indicate that our actions are open for God to see and that any sin in our life is confessed and out in the open with God. But not only do we need a pure heart when we pray, another personal requirement we can find is faith, as I've already talked about. We must have faith. It is sad, but every Christian who prays does not believe that their prayer is heard or will be answered. They simply do not have the faith that God has the power to answer their prayer. To truly believe with intensity of faith requires that believers must cultivate this gift of faith that was given by God at the moment of salvation or the time that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. So we all have faith given to us by God. It's how we use it that determines how big our faith can grow to be. Faith is like a muscle. You know, a muscle in your body, the more it is used, the larger and tougher it gets. Unlike our muscles, it will never wear out on us. Faith needs to be exercised like a muscle. As you exercise your muscles, you get more strength to carry more heavy objects. So you can have faith, exercise it, and carry heavy burdens to your Heavenly Father 
who will answer you. Your faith will never wear out because the more you exercise your faith, the more your faith gets stronger and tougher. Another personal requirement for effective prayer is that we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Looking at John 14, 13, we find Jesus saying, whatever you ask in my name, that is what I will do. Now I want us to realize that this is not some formula that we use to complete our prayers. But it is a recognition that the source of all good things is Jesus Christ. And we receive nothing good unless we receive it from him. So when we pray in his name, it is a stamp of approval that God will hear and answer. And it is the name of Jesus that represents the world who he is. Another personal requirement for you, a personal requirement for prayer, for an effective prayer life, is submission on the part of the believer to the will of God. You don't pray demanding. You pray asking the Lord, let your will happen. As Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane prayed, the Lord, I, I wish I don't go through this. Take this cup away from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. So you don't pray demanding, commanding, decreeing, but you pray asking God, Lord, I seek your face for this. I ask that God, you know best than me, and therefore you have your way. It is not my will, but your will be done. Let your will happen in my life as I pray. I leave it in your hands, your able hands. You are all knowing God. You know the beginning to the end. Therefore, I may be asking something as a child. That is not even good for me. Therefore, I submit everything to your will, your purpose, and your plan for my life. Your directions, your guidance for my life. That is how we pray effectively, asking God to do what he wants to do in our lives. As we bring specific requests to him, we so give him room to work with us and order our steps and guide us and put us in his will. And again, I tell you, when you read scripture, you will never go out of God's will. The thing that you ask will be in line with God's will. You know, James tells us at a time we pray, we don't get answer because we are out of God's will. We pray to spite some people. We pray to condemn and judge some people. God wants us to read his word so that when we pray on the basis of his word, it will come through for us and we'll begin to see his hand in our lives and his glory will shine upon us. He knows more than us. He is the one who know the beginning from the end. And therefore, we need to always seek his will. Like Jesus prayed and said, I, I hate this thing. I hate this suffering that I'm going, to do. I'm going through. I hate, I don't like this cup that I'm about, I'm about to drink. But nevertheless, not my will, let your will happen. If I must drink this cup, Lord, may your name be glorified. But if it's possible, let it pass me. That is, should be your attitude, my attitude in prayer. In 1 John 5.14, we find the Bible telling, and this is the confidence that we believers have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We have looked at some requirements that believers must have to have an effective prayer life. We look at some very general requirements, and we have looked at some very personal requirements. Finally, tonight, I want us to look at the prayer itself and how it can be broken down to help us say, what needs to be said during prayer time. For me, this is really simple because I use the Acts 
method when I pray. A-C-T-S. I think about the word acts like the book of Acts. My prayer is built from there. The A in Acts stands for adoration. Our prayers should always begin with praise and adoration of our God, who and what he is. Let's look at when you read Psalm 103. And then at the beginning of this prayer, Jesus said to use us as an example. Read, we can read verses of adoration of God and lift him up and, and, and places us in our proper place before God. You can take scripture and read adoration from it that it will take you up so that you can be in the presence of God. So Psalm 103, it's a very good psalm that you can read to pray. And then the C in Acts stands for confession of sins. We are promising First John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive that sin. After we adore God for who he is, he is, we must confess our sin to him and seek his forgiveness. The T in Acts stands for thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And um, looking at this prayer uh, and also what Paul wrote in the Philippian church, we can see that the sin of ungratefulness is most common sin among believers. It is too often that we take God for granted. We must go before him with thanksgiving and adoration. And then finally tonight, let's look at the, the letter S in Acts. It's time for supplication, intercessions, for ourselves and for other people that we can pray for, that we have put in our prayer calendar and we are constantly praying for. So the first thing is that you adore God. The second, you confess your sins. And the third, you bring thanksgiving to him for even forgiving your sins and cleansing you and what he has done in your life and what he continues to do in your life. And then... This, the last thing that you do as a prayer model step in prayer is you, you bring supplications, your, your desires, your petitions, and also you pray for other people in your life who should be on your prayer list or your prayer calendar. These are earnest requests brought to the feet of God on our behalf and on the behalf of other people. We are called to intercede for those who are sick and less fortunate in life. Prayer is a very integral part of the life of a believer. We must engage in secret prayer, in family prayer, in group prayer, in public prayer, for we, we are called to share God's word with the world. A prayer life of a Christian is a source of spiritual nutrition for that Christian. When he suffers, the believer suffers. We must learn to pray as God desires us to pray. To effectively pray, we must come to God with a forgiving spirit, Simple and forthrightness, humble and repentant, with um, a unity of believers, with unity and intensity in our prayer, unceasingly always open the communicating lines, don't let anything stop you, with faith and in the name of Jesus Christ, and finally in submission to the will of God. How do we pray today? Pray and pray and pray as we are in a new year. Let your requests be made known to God and He's going to bless you. Beloved, I hope tonight um, meditation and exposition have helped you. Thank you for making time with me. I am Pastor Joseph J. Mensah. Thank you and stay blessed and make a date with me. Same time, 
next week. God bless you.